0: Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And
1: Storage King.
0: They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic!
1: Hello and welcome to Box to Box, the show that is everything football on Macquarie Radio NTS News Talk Sport. You're with Rob Gilbert and Michael Edgley back from Japan with some stories to tell. All a little bit later on, but first edition news first with Mark Van Aken in a minute. And what a week it's been. This time seven days ago, we were digesting the worst possible result against Japan. A week later, after one of the most frustrating ties in the history of the national side on a wet and freezing night at Melbourne's Amy Park, all the Socceroos could manage after 45 shots on goal was a 2-1 win over Thailand. A result you just knew wouldn't be enough, as Saudi Arabia did all they had to do in Jeddah, winning 1-0 against the Samurai Blue to secure their spot in next year's World Cup. Leaving Australia to negotiate a perilous third-place playoff in October against the emotion-charged Syrians, and then hopefully a date against the fourth-place CONCACAF side in November. If we get through, the side should be cherry ripe and the FFA's coffers full. If not, the recriminations which have begun already will reach fever pitch, and we'll analyse all that on the show tonight. First up, with the man who called the game and is connected to some of the strongest opinions, Fox Sports' Simon Hill. Then we'll chat to decorated former Socceroo and Foundation Director of Football with the Melbourne Victory, a sensible and respected voice in the game, Gary Cole, to break down just whether Ange Postacoglu's system can work over the next two months to get us to Russia. And, of course, we'll wrap up the first hour, as we always do with Dean, talking through everything going on in the domestic game with the FFA Cup quarterfinals coming up this week. In the second hour, of course, Course. We'll kick off with second edition news. Then we'll switch tack to some good news with their blockbuster FFA Cup quarter final this week. And just four weeks out from beginning their Premiership defence, we'll talk to Sydney FC's Alex Wilkinson. Then Dean will look through the international scene before we wrap it up with stoppage time and a guest appearance from our old mate, of Course Hitting to find out whether he's prepared to step up at late notice to save our World Cup campaign over a decade on from his last star turn. Edge. Oh. What do you say about the Socceroos,
2: Rob? So much to talk about uh, right through the show. Um, And, I mean, everyone's got an opinion about Ange Postacoglu. It'll be interesting to see what all the boys have to say about it. Uh, I'll have my two bobs a little bit bit later. But, uh, as you know, I've just returned from Japan after seeing the Socceroos in Japan, uh, mm. returned in time for the match in Melbourne. But there is so much for Australian football to learn from uh, Japanese football or culture over there. And I'll have a, a bit of an extended discussion about that. In particular, our fans, our fans mm. can learn a lot from the, yeah. the the Samurai Blue, who are simply superb. And obviously, the Syrian narrative. I mean, you alluded to it, Rob. Uh, I can't wait to talk more about that, uh, the narrative associated with Syria, mm. but it might all amount to nothing because of the AFC investigation around political neutrality. Can you explain that to me? Yeah. Political neutrality?
1: Yeah, uh, I, I think you're the expert on this. Um, you know, uh,
2: I don't know um, what I mean, political neutrality, but uh, obviously there is some insinuation that yeah. maybe uh, Iran might have uh, thrown the last goal to allow uh, the Syrians mm. to go through, um, and also some some uh, some exclusions of some key officials in certain functions yeah. in another and, game. And so. it's,
1: that's right. It's topical right now with um, in, in South Africa with, a, with the game against Senegal that's uh, right. uh, having to be replayed. But we'll talk about that all a bit later on. But uh, yeah, this political neutrality issue of obviously we can't play games in Syria uh, with the war going on over there and uh, at the 11th hour when they were just about to be kicked out, the uh, Syrians... Uh, uh, were we'll handed a lifeline by Malaysia. But you, you'd think that they're going to get over that, wouldn't you, and uh, and this uh, this tile go ahead.
2: Absolutely. Oh, I think we're chasing Alan Mitashadar to get on the show. He's a bit of an expert in this stuff. Uh, we haven't got him confirmed at this moment, but uh, hopefully he'll come on a little bit later where we can explore that. Mm. But uh, obviously everyone's hanging out to find out where we will play Syria in the away leg. Uh, Syria has played games in Malacca in Malaysia, not far mm. from Singapore, mm. uh, just over Chandler. the border. Uh, but there is... Nice. There is, um, ease up, Mark. There is obviously a uh, uh, some rumours going around that the game could be in Doha as well. Mm. What do you reckon, Mark? We'll bring you in here. Would you prefer uh, the soccer oh, is playing in Doha it. or Malacca?
3: Um, well, probably not Doha. I wouldn't have thought. And I thought KL was in play at some stage, but apparently not. So it, it does seem to be. It's going to be Doha. So
2: mm. anyway, yeah. look, we'll find out. Uh, what we understand that will be announced by the Syrian Football Association on Monday. Okay,
1: all right, Marco. well, uh you know we've covered off the <laughs> the big news, but mm-hmm. uh, you're going to put a bit more meat on the bones?
3: Well, anyway. one, I didn't know Yus was coming in tonight, so I might have to make a quick phone call.
1: We'll get on to him, Edmonton. mate. You're the man with the contact. We don't have his phone number. You won't give it to
3: anyway, us. Anyway, where, where we do know the soccer will be playing is ANZ Stadium. It's been confirmed as the host venue for the all-important qualifiers. The venue will host the match against Syria on the 10th of October, as well as, hopefully, the playoff against uh, the CONCACAF Nation that you referred to, Rob. The pitch will be given nine days to recover from the NRL Grand Final, which we played on the 1st of October. There are no other events, thankfully, scheduled. For November, the South Australian government made a push to hold the fixture at Adelaide Oval, according to the advertiser. But it was overlooked, which I think is a good mm. thing. Mm. Um, shock, horror. The two games are in Sydney. Mm.
1: Yeah, look, I don't mind this, given the whole scenario. Um, if we don't go to the World Cup, the FFA doesn't have uh, you know, a very deep bank account right now, so they've got to get their no. money from somewhere. Uh, look, the, the problem is, and I've already uh, had a chat to a few um, mates and brothers in Sydney, that um, while the... Uh, Tie game was priced perfectly. The, the pricing on the uh, Syria game looks steep, and you know Syria Syria are not a draw at the best of times. There's no guarantee that this is going to take okay. us um, to um, to the World Cup. it's really the CONCACAF tie that's. going What are to the be prices? The
3: because I have actually, it's funny. I overnight have just uh, had someone hit me up on Twitter. Actually, I've seen saying
1: sixty and eighty dollars as the sort of the the par the price.
3: The premium. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, so uh, Aussie Groundkeeper, Groundhopper, rather, hit me up on uh, on Twitter and said, uh, It seems that the FFA have finally learnt about price elasticity, because I always going mm. on about that using okay. my first well, year uni. So we'll have to look at that. It might, se- second edition news, I'll get to the bottom of that for you. Mm,
2: okay. I'm expecting the Syrian community in Sydney to be pretty large, so I'd expect quite a significant uh, proportion of. Uh, Homegrown Syrian fans still be out there to support. Yeah. Well, their well, if
1: the Thai example heritage. on Tuesday night is uh, any indication, and the noise they made, mm. you know, they were great, the Thai fans mm. on Tuesday night. They were a lot of fun. They, they got stuck into it. Um, and you Couldn't get a massage in Melbourne on uh, Tuesday night. All the girls were at the football. <laughs> uh, I was going to say you couldn't get a Thai takeaway for Edge. Um, let's stay close. Well, yeah, everybody knows those massage
3: um, yeah, oh, shops well. around town. And uh, I dare get I, get I say, it wasn't business. a happy ending for the Socceroos, was it? Anyway, boys, David Gallup has all but committed. Do that? can we say that
1: well you just did okay Keep going.
3: david gallup has all but ended speculation about Ange Postecoglou's immediate future insisting he will see out the quest for world cup qualification gallup told fox sports that uh, Postecoglou would be in charge for october's regional qualifier against syria the one we just spoken about let's hear from the man himself
4: uh, categorically behind uh Ange. you know we uh w- we support uh his desire to see the socceroos perform well to win uh, to play a style of football that's exciting, um, and we certainly want to see that in these four games. Um, Ange knows what, what ne- he needs to do to win, uh, and and we're not there to tell him what sort of tactics to play. Um, they're big games. Um, he's an experienced guy. He's had success with this team, uh, and we're confident that he'll see us through to Russia.
2: Has the criticism against him been fair?
4: Uh, look, there's always debate. It's part of football, it's part of sport. Um, coaches, uh, you know, they've, they've got the spotlight on them. And uh, I, don't, I don't think the debate hurts as, as long as people sit back and and now realise that uh, it's Andrew who's going to take us there and we need to get fully behind him.
1: And we're going to talk in depth with Simon Hill about of course. Uh, the conversations around Fox Sports <coughs> after the break. But, uh, but, guys, what do we all think? I'm, I'm sort of wavering on this. It seems too late in the piece.
3: Well, there's a couple of things. One, I don't think FFA have any money to mm. get rid of Ange and find someone else like a UCI Inc. For example, um, so they have to stay the course, unfortunately.
2: I think there was only one option, which would have been to bring Graham Arnold in for these four <coughs> games. Mm. Uh, in terms of changing up the the potential, you know, mental approach to everything, mm. uh, probably too late to be mucking around with systems and so forth. But, yeah. but you know, the, the dice cast. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. And he's just lot. got
1: to change his attitude in the public. I mean, you're walking out on press conferences. Uh, it it bleeds into these young men and their attitude, this siege yeah. mentality. You've got to question whether it's uh, the right approach. You know, people are not against them. In Melbourne, on Tuesday night, 26,000 people turned up on a freezing cold night. It was raining all the way. There were no trams, trains. It was just a chaotic scenario to get in there and people still came with their kids and, uh, and and so that's a reflection to me of what the football community in this country thinks about our team and, and our coach, we're behind them but Ange somehow seems to have his head locked around this idea that everybody's against them. Well,
3: speaking of which let's hear again courtesy of Fox Sports from the man himself.
1: It's been unbelievable and it's been magnificent and I've been sitting here frustrated for the last two years and listening to some of the garbage being thrown around at these players. You know, it's it's tough qualifying for a World Cup. It's even tougher when it's your first one for a lot of these guys. And, you know, like I said, we've played 10 games, we've lost one. They've done everything I've asked of them. I'm the one putting them out there trying to win games of football. And, you know what? Yeah, no, that's all I'll say. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks,
2: Lloyd. Now, that was a sarcastic response to a fairly reasonable question about... Uh, those, From
3: our man, Michael Lynch.
2: Yeah, I mean, Michael asked a question about Angie's opinion of the campaign. Um, this is, would have been my answer if I had been Angie. would have been, Michael, there's a time and place to reflect on the campaign. It's not over yet. Mm. Uh, worst case scenario is we go through directly if Saudi Arabia... Win if uh, uh, Saturday. Grab lose, sorry. If, and if they if they don't win, we'll go to a playoff. And at some later point, we can talk about that. Move on to the next question. It's pretty easy. Yeah. i think That's reflective of the pressure he's under. Yeah. I mean, uh, we all know Ange pretty well in this room. Uh, we've all. Um, Spend time with him He's been in football For over over 30 years uh, From a young fella to, to where he is now His journey Has been significant But he's not immune From criticism And I think that was His worst moment His yeah. worst public moment And yeah. he'll live to he'll, he'll have to get past that And uh, mm. I noticed They hastily organised A press conference For
1: the next yes. morning Which made uh, That news story Sort of fade away Fairly quickly But uh, I don't, don't know Whether it's faded The way We're talking about it Right now And I think What well, you we just are. said About the uh, the fact That the press conference Was organised For the next day Was to, to sort of Get on the front foot. Yeah. Get, exactly, get on the front foot, and it indicated mm. the conversations that must have gone on overnight. Because, mm. but we feel
2: his frustration. We yeah, feel his frustration. Yeah, but, but that's
1: that's yeah. not the time and place to do it. No. And 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 you, you you gave the diplomatic response that should have been given, and and that's the way it should have been done. Michael Lynch is a respected voice in this country. He's entitled to ask questions. Uh, it wasn't even some sort of rookie who didn't know what he was talking about asking. No, Michael you know, no, no, was, it was a, a
2: serious serious uh, football contributor who mm. who's been in the game a long time. Exactly. And it was a reasonable question.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Well, let's talk about it more with Simon Hill. He's coming up next on Box to Box. We'll find out uh, perhaps some of the you know behind the scenes conversations uh, that are going on. I'm sure they're a lot more enthusiastic. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe it? For chemist Warehouse,
0: home of real brands and real savings and storage key They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of
1: all. Box to Box on NTS News Talk sport on digital radio, streaming on the World Wide Web, and of course, our podcast on boxtoboxnts.com.au. Now, Simon Hill is an authoritative voice on football in this country, in fact, around the world, and uh, he was the man that called the game on Tuesday night, and uh, of course, the game last week against Japan, and uh, he sat, uh, well, not in the studio, but very uh, in Close proximity to to Robbie Slater and uh, and Mark Bosnich as they teed off against Ange after the game. Now we want to ask him about all that, but before we do, Simon, a, a quick um, thought on your very good mate Mike Cockrell, um, who who we we lost and um, and puts his loss uh, puts everything into perspective.
5: Yeah, uh, good to be with you guys. Um Mike obviously was a you know voice and a writer on the game for many, many years. Um, I can't pretend that I, I I knew Mike personally because I didn't. I, I knew him professionally, obviously. And his contribution, along with, of course, Les Murray, who, who died recently as well, um, was immeasurable. You know, they, they uh, to a large extent, kept the flame alive in the dark days, if you want to put it that way, when... Most of Australia didn't really want to know about football uh, before the, uh, you know, the revolution of the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, you know, in Mike's case, and Leslie's as well, you know, they, they passed well before their time, really. And that's the saddest thing. You know, aside of football, obviously, it's about the loss of, of two men to their families. So that, that's the most important
1: thing. You know, for football in this instance is a side issue. Yeah, exactly, mate. And uh, and so to move on for the purpose of our conversation, uh, Tuesday night, uh, in, in your personal uh, view, the, the the system that we're that we're playing at the moment, it's the talk of the town. Everybody who follows football in this country has got an opinion on it. You call the game and, and you dissect it as it's as it's uh, emerging uh, unlo- in a way that that nobody else does. Um, how do you see it as a commentator? Uh, is it something that you f- have confidence in? Uh, would you rather and take a different pr- approach?
5: Well, I don't have a problem with the system. Um, and I think it's probably long term, you know, the best one for Australia, uh, given the personnel that Ange has at his disposal. I'd, I just have a couple of issues with it. First of all, and most importantly, is the timing. Mm. Um, to bring it in halfway through a World Cup qualifying campaign with a spot in Russia by no means guaranteed is a big risk. It's a mm. big gamble. You know, Australia we all know, it's, Still not a football country. We struggle for money for the game in this country. To put at risk, you know, potential payday of twenty million dollars, I, I think is well. It, as I've just said, it's a big risk. And the fact is, is that we may now miss out. It, I still think personally we'll qualify. But you know, if we do miss out, it's it's not only that financial windfall that we miss out on, but you know, a, a generation or at least a cycle whereby young Australian kids that we desperately need, Mm -hmm. not just to become players, but more importantly, perhaps, fans of the game in the future will miss watching their national team at World Cup Finals. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, Ange's done a record saying, oh, it's not all about qualification, whether we qualify or we don't. You know, this is the right way. Well, I'm sorry, but qualification is damned important for Australia, probably more so in this country than a lot of others around the world because of the issues I've just mentioned. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that Ange talks a lot about the longer-term goal. Now, if Ange had another four years on his contract, I would agree with that because I think he'd be putting in place something that he would be carrying through. The fact is, however, is that Ange is leaving after Mm -hmm. the World Cup. So whatever he puts in place now has, at best, only six or seven months to run before a new coach comes in and maybe has a different point of view Mm. and wants to do things in a different way. Those are the things that have, you know, baffled me a little bit. Plus, there's one more issue. I'm sorry I'm going on a bit on this, but there's one more issue with this, and that is the lack of the ability to be flexible at this team. I'm not blaming the players here. Obviously, that comes from the coach. Now, you know, people are frustrated by the Thailand result.
2: Home and away against Thailand was... Uh, yeah, home
5: was trying, and away. Yeah, yeah the, the Thailand game at home really is, isn't is the issue. The issue was the game in Saitama against Japan mm. where a point would have basically yep. left. Yep. You know, that, that game against Thailand is almost a gimme yep. for Australia. Uh, we were without our captain, Mili Yadonak. We were without Aaron Moy. We were without Tommy Urich We had a, a left wing back in Brad Smith that's barely played. And we couldn't change we couldn't adapt to the fact that japan sat off we still kept trying to play the same way for the entire 90 minutes that was the biggest problem for me you know the best coaches in the world are flexible and see what's going on and change it to try and get the right results and it's almost as though this has become uh, not just an article of faith with Ange, but sheer bloody mindedness in some ways that he utterly refuses to change because people are saying that perhaps he should. Well, to me, in some
2: ways, that's counterproductive.
1: Yeah, this is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Fox
2: Sports' Simon Hill. Simon, um, our show, albeit Nationals, is headquartered in Melbourne. Um, football's a small community. Uh, we know a, a lot of people. You know a lot of people. Um, I'm going to throw this at you. There is some people in Melbourne who are connected saying that they couldn't rule out Robbie and Mark's close relationship with Arnie and that um, maybe uh, Mm. their tirade was motivated by shoehorning Arnie into these last four games. I know that may be a conspiracy theory, but some people in Melbourne are talking about it, this Sydney and Melbourne thing. You got any comments about that?
5: Look, I'm not surprised that people, you know, think that, believe that, because obviously, you know, Robbie in particular has a very close relationship with Graeme Miles, and this unfortunately is... You know, very symptomatic of one of the issues of football in and is, this it? country yeah. is that yeah. there are an awful lot of close relationships because the game is simply way too small. Yeah, I agree. There is also a thing that Aussies, I'm afraid to say, pride themselves on, and that's this mates culture. Mm. You know, in, in everyday life, you probably think it's a good thing, but I, I happen to think that in the workplace, it's hugely destructive. Big, even you know the way that it could be construed. You know, by the same token. Another one of my colleagues, Andy Harper, wrote a book with Ange Posikoglu only a few months ago. So mm. <laughs> you can also say that you know we've, we've got both sort of camps covered mm. if you want to yeah. buy into the conspiracy theories. I honestly don't know. I have always run my own race and have been allowed to run my own race at mm. Fox Sports, so I can't pass comment on what other people think or what they do, the relationships they have. I try to be both equally praiseworthy fair, critical, and I hope I've been all those things with with Ange, I was a big supporter of his appointment I don't think he should be sacked, personally that's my view, but that doesn't mean that he's immune from criticism or questions, and that's where I'm at at the moment that's, and obviously I can only
1: speak for myself Simon so, mean, I personally don't know enough about the technical side of the game to be making observations on systems etc but what I do know is that uh, human emotions um, when uh, when they're uh, displayed the way that they were by Ange walking out of a press conference uh, can, uh, by the leader can only bleed through to the people underneath him uh, to mm. me that was almost a tipping point um, in terms of uh, uh, of just where Ange is at right now and, um, and, and the season Mentality that's been developed around this side. They're getting this per- perspective or or, or or the image that, that 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 the rest of Australia and the press are against them. When you know, as we pointed out earlier on on, on Tuesday night, twenty six thousand people turned up on a freezing cold night a week ago. You know, uh, 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 two hundred people headed over to Japan to watch them succeed. We want them to succeed. It seems that the that that and, and some of the team are, are, are not on board with that.
5: There's been a lot said and written since the Thailand game and a lot of emotions expressed, anger, disappointment, frustration. The one that I think has been omitted and the one that I feel most of all is confusion. Mm. I, I just don't know how we've arrived at this point in time. You know, 12 months ago, if you if you think back, they went to Abu Dhabi and they put in an absolutely brilliant shift to beat the UAE. And World Cup qualification looked very smooth. He's there to for the, the taking. Yeah. Everybody was happy with Ange. You know, he was open, he was communicative with the media, with the public. And then all of a sudden, you know, this has developed into something approaching the Holger itch years mm. at, at the end. You know, bitterness, rancor, anger directed towards the media. And, you know, this, this, um, this belief somehow that the media's got it in for him, mm. which I just find it extraordinary. Um, you know the media has been massive supporters of Ange. Mm. Um, yeah, they've asked questions about the, the, you know, the three at the back system. That's our job. What, what does he expect? Does, it, does he think that we should just sit from the sidelines with our scarves on, chanting Australia rah rah rah? You know, that's not the way it works. No. I'm sorry. Um, you, you have to critique, whether you're right or wrong, and Ange should know that. He does know that. But for him to come out and say that, you know, he's been listening to garbage about his players for the last two years... From the
1: likes of Michael
2: you asked the question. I don't know where he's coming from. Yeah, I think that is probably his worst public moment, that uh, that little explosion in the press conference after the game. We can all be yeah. excused for frustration. And But he is our national leader and someone who needs to probably... Uh, have a look at that again and and think through it Simon uh, we now hit home and away legs Um, there is no confirmed venue for the Syrian match some people are saying Doha some people are saying Malacca some people are saying Kuala Lumpur but we hit home and away legs when um, you go in these home and away legs sometimes you have to defend whether that's to contain a loss or protect a lead. You know, do you think we can? Do you think we can defend? <laughs> and you mentioned that I was in the grandstand at uh, Saitama and I had the same view. We, we just didn't seem to want to to um, to bottle up the game and uh, and play for a point at a time. You know, there was two defensive errors and defensive errors have, have cost us. So can we defend?
5: Huh, well, I mean, it's it's a really good question. It's It's not whether we can defend, because I think obviously we can, it's whether we're allowed to in some ways. Mm. Um, and again, I, I applaud Andrew's, you know, let's attack mentality. I I've even wrote an article in praise of it after the uh, Iraq away game. But you have to know when to pick your moments. Um, and, you know, in fairness, I suppose you could say Andrew's got a bit of form in this regard. You know, you think back to the days of this Brisbane Raw team when they you know, revolutionised the A-League, really. And I at times thought that they overdid things. You know, they, I remember them losing goals because of the insistence of the playing out from the back. But you know, at Brisbane Raw you can probably get away with that because <clears throat> that's just one club. With Australia you're dealing with an entire country and the responsibility is totally different. Um, and and what also confuses and baffles me a little bit about Ange is that you know, if if they fail to qualify his the view of his tenure is going to be massively compromised. You know, he won the Asian Cup. I wrote he was unsackable mm. after that. Now, here we are in 2017, and people are calling for his head. And it's, it's almost like he's, in some ways, pressed the self-destruct button. Mm. Now, it's, it can still be rectified. And obviously, as I said, I, I, I still personally think that Australia will qualify. But... You know, he's taken a big risk, and I think his his image is certainly damaged after what's gone on over the last few weeks and days. Uh, and as to your original question, I wouldn't say can we defend, but
1: are we allowed to yeah. if the need arises? Exactly, Simon Hill. Thank you so much for your time, mate. We're really uh, grateful for it and for your your opinions on the subject. Hopefully, we'll be talking to you in a couple of months' time, uh, and we'll be heading off to Russia.
5: Fingers crossed, guys. Yep. <laughs> all the
1: best. Thanks, Thanks Simon Okay after the break Gary Cole We're going to dissect it uh, A little more With the former Head of football At the Melbourne Victory That's next on Box to Box Box to Box Can you believe it The chemist warehouse
0: Home of real brands And real savings
1: And storage games
0: They're just around the corner And this could be The most crucial goal of
1: this all, all This is Box to Box On NTS News Talk Sport We are analysing The fallout From the past week Of the Socceroos And looking ahead to the next stage of qualifying against Syria and then hopefully against the uh, the fourth-place team in CONCACAF. But before we do that, we've got to find out whether this current system can work, whether Ange Postacoglu uh, will stick to it, whether he'll change. To do that, we're going to talk to Gary Cole, the Foundation Technical Director, Football Director at... uh, the Melbourne victory, also decorated soccer, who played 40 times for the national side and held the world record for most goals scored in a game by... 13 Indonesia.
2: goals against that great nation, Fiji.
1: Exactly, F1J1. Welcome to the show, Gary. Morning, boys. Good to talk to you. Gary um you know it's you, on the one side it's doom and gloom on the other side it's a positive uh story because we're being optimistic that we'll get through uh the next two stages and we'll turn up in uh, in Russia in in brilliant form and uh, and the system will f- be finally fine tuned the, the the question on everybody's lips is is this system uh a bridge too far for the squad that we've got look you, people
6: are going to say yes because essentially since we Anne started, started it back in March. Um, the results haven't been great. Um, I, I think no one can deny that they played fantastically well uh, against Thailand the other night with that system, albeit um, you know Thailand are poles apart in terms of quality uh, than the Japan are. The concern is when we're forced to defend, can we do that well enough with three at the back? Uh, on a personal level. I don't think so, but I'm also going to stick up for Ange and say um, he, he's in a job where his job depends on the results of the team, and and we've got to have faith in, in him. Who, you know, a couple of years ago we won the the Asian Champions Cup, and and no one would have thought that was possible uh, five or six years ago. So, um, yeah, I, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence a little bit. Not not really want to be on the fence, but I I just think. That, at some point, we've got to allow him to do the job that we employed him to do. Um, but I have to say, <laughs> if I was coaching the team, I'd be uh, I'd be concerned because I, I don't think um, our defence is actually the strongest part of the team right
2: now either. Gary, obviously, we we hit a playoff uh, scenario now where we have home and away leagues, and um, I mean, as long as I've been following the game and involved in the game, and um Making decisions around the game and talking about the game. When you're in a home and away league, uh, it, invariably you have to defend away from home at some point, whether that's to contain uh, a loss or protect a lead. Um, I just I get frustrated that I don't see that uh, we have that capacity when we can we need to turn the switch on just to defend. It seems to be you know uh, play it from the back, play it from the back end, uh, just attack it all at all costs sometimes.
6: Yeah, and I you know I don't think Ange has shied away from that. Um, you go back to a, was it the first game in this group of qualifiers away to Saudi Arabia, where we, you know, we were on the attack in very hot conditions and um, and perhaps should have won that game. Um, and the challenge with it is, if you win, it's all great, and if you don't win, it's not great. I think Ange made a decision a long time ago when he was sacked from the uh, Ollie Roo's job and he was crucified on TV with uh, Craig Foster. And he went off into coaching oblivion and went to Greece and learned his trade. And when he came back, I think he made a decision that he was going to do it his way regardless. Um, and that's, that's what we're seeing now. I think Ray Gatt and the Australian yesterday wrote a really interesting piece about He's the right man for the job. He do but but maybe maybe if he could tame his ego a little bit there, if that's what it is, yeah. then maybe we can tweak that. Because I, I think football football around the world essentially says you're when you're playing against strong nations, they're stronger at home. Let's go. Let's make sure that we don't lose. If we can pinch a win, that's fantastic. But let's first make sure we don't lose. That mantra or that mindset. I don't think uh, that's it and just make up not sure if it ever was, but it, but it doesn't appear that it's, it's there
1: right now. No, it doesn't seem so. This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport. We're talking to Gary Cole, Foundation Technical Director of, at the Melbourne Victory and, of course, uh, decorated Socceroo with uh, a great and proud history. Dino, you're, uh, uh, you've got a question. On yeah,
7: the, look, I've, I've, and, and I, think, uh, I think you're best suited to answer it once I've made my little... I've not said too much about this so far, but I'm... After the result at Japan uh, and and what happened on Fox Sport with Robbie Slater and Mark Bosnich and with obviously John Aloisi in there uh, as a support act, I guess, from uh, the tirade that that went on there, I have one concern, and and this is it. I've got no doubt that Robbie Slater and... um, mark bosnich uh, decorated careers both represented australia both played overseas did a lot hell of a lot more from a football point of view than i've ever done so i respect them for that but neither of neither of these gentlemen have actually ever coached and i find it really amazing that when players who have been players and never coached, all of a sudden now can dissect what a coach should do and how he should do it if you've never lived in their shoes how do you know what's your thoughts
6: yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Being an armchair, I'm, a, I'm an armchair expert nowadays. I'm not involved actively involved in coaching. I haven't coached for a long, long time. I have been involved in the club for a long, long time. That makes you an, an armchair expert, and, and all armchair experts are armed with this wonderful thing called opinion. Uh, when you hear the parade that came on, I, I know how close that they are with Army, and, and you go, well... The cynic in me says they're doing this because what they'd like to do is right now get Arnie in the gig. Because um, Arnie will definitely go away and uh, make sure we, we get a draw or work to that and pinch a result. And if we play ugly and get to the World Cup, uh, he'll have a free rider. There's a there's, a, there's a cynical part of me that says that's that's where that's based. But my <laughs> armchair experts, in, in the world of 24-hour media, um, opinion is what drives so much of this stuff. And, and the more, the more outspoken people are, the more they get strong opinion either way, which drives Rides um, numbers up, which makes programs and, and TV channels and that more popular. I think that's the way it goes. Anyway,
1: Gary, I mean that's a, that's a pretty strong um, uh, view on on the motivation behind uh, uh, Bozer and, and and Robbie. It, it suggests a, a split in um, in the you know the camp of the, the former Socceroos as to to who, um, you know, who you know you're either on one side or the other.
6: Yeah, and and, and I think that's maybe the way it's come. I, I, I look, I think. I'm a great fan of Ange. I think he's done a, I think he's done a fantastic job. The, the, I'm going to do it my way philosophy, uh, uh comes across as bold and, uh, and brassy when you, when you when things are going well. Uh, and if you're not going well, it comes across as arrogant. Mm. Um, and, and he's, he, he can be at arm's length with, with people. He doesn't, he, he's very comfortable in his own space. He doesn't have to be anyone's friend. Um, so you know, there's a part of that, but you go to to be so vehement about the fact that he needs to go now, you have to go. What what what's driving that? Because all of a sudden, the camp, the it would appear that the Fox campaign uh, has, has gone up in mm. the last yeah. week.
2: Coley, let me test something with you. Um, I was in the grandstand in uh, Saitama in Tokyo and then obviously in the grandstand at Amy Amy on uh, Tuesday night and and there was one continuing um, criticism from the fans that they get. uh, um, I mean, fans are emotional. They don't necessarily always understand the objectives of the team and so forth. But the one item that really seems to get them going is Matt Ryan rolling the ball out.
1: Almost to the corner flag to a defender. Well, what about on Tuesday night? You almost put it on the feet of one of the tie players.
7: Yeah, so, the... no, I mean, it just. Not
2: almost. You yes. did, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, as a. He's obviously been absolutely directed by Ange that, Matty, 100% of the time you do this, surely every now and again, um, it won't be a good idea to give the defenders a breather and boot the ball, sink the foot into it. I mean, what is your view on that?
6: I, I think. I, one of the things that I learned. Um, I was fortunate enough to learn the coaching from Ronnie Smith, and I I found that I could teach and get a message across. In my early days as a coach, I found I could heavily influence what players did. In in fact, I could influence the training to change the behaviour to play on the weekend. But I got to a point where I was influencing so much, I stopped them making decisions. In fact, I was coaching a, a bully, and, and my halftime was, look, I want you to forget everything I've ever said. Will you, will you just go out and play? Take the handbrake off, because it's so restraining. If you look at the best coaches in the world, mm-hmm. they talk about helping players make decisions. Yet, we've got to improve them technically, tactically, all of those things, but the player needs to be able to make a decision based on What's happening in and around me right now? And if that means humping the ball down the park, playing ugly, that's, for, there's nothing in the rule book that says that that's wrong. In the general football rule book, it, it appears clearly within the soccer and camp that's not acceptable practice because we will play out under all costs. Mm. And again, that's, that's something that but it just doesn't fit well with a lot of the people when it goes wrong. On the nights when it goes great and we tear, we tear things apart, then it's fantastic, we're doing, we're doing the right thing. I think, I think what you have to say is whether we like it or not, Ange, Ange has been very clear that that's what he's gonna do for a long time now.
1: Mm, yeah, well that is the point, and uh, he's clear. But whether he's right is, is the, the real question that Absolutely, we're all asking, yeah. isn't it? And uh, you know the, the pressure that um, that he's clearly under as it displayed uh, in the press conference afterwards. And you know you, you can't help but think that um, that that his tension is is bleeding into uh, the players at a time when uh, one of his roles is to to keep a degree of calm and, and certainty amongst the group. So, Gary, thanks for joining us on the show, mate. Um, you're a calm and measured voice on. This and uh, you've given us, uh, you know, both sides of the argument with a, a, a very clear view. So, uh, mate, um, hopefully, we'll all be talking in a, a month or maybe two months' time, and uh, and we'll all say. There was no problem. After all, we got yeah, that.
6: Absolutely, cheering for the rooftops. Go to Socceroos. And can I add? Go to Burgers yes. Grand Final. MTL. This weekend. <laughs> see you I on the. I knew the, I that was
2: coming. It. I knew see that you, was coming. See, see uh, you Sunday. There, <laughs> see
1: you on Sunday and see you on Wednesday. Get it? <laughs> Good on you boys. Thanks. Enjoy the game. So thanks, Gary. Hey Dino, you're going to stick around because we're going to get into the FFA Cup after the break.
0: Box to box. can you
1: believe. For chemist warehouse, home of real brands and real savings
0: and storage king, They're just around the corner. And this
4: could be the most crucial goal
1: of all. Welcome back to Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport on Digital Radio, streaming on the World Wide Web, and of course you can listen to our podcast on boxtoboxnts.com.au. We've dissected the Socceroos so far. Let's get into the domestic game with Dino, our former Notts County Man, 250 game Victorian Premier League player. Uh, Dino, you were with and Gary. And Vale, uh,
7: Technical, Technical Director. Director.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So Congratulations,
1: well, Dino. I haven't uh,
2: publicly uh, congratulated you. You weren't out of work long, were you? Uh,
7: no, it wasn't. It was, uh, I think it was just over two weeks. Um, so very, very fortunate. Um, you know, I had a couple of offers to, to think about. But um, I've done a lot of research on the MPL and the junior programs in Victoria uh, as part of the FFV Review. Uh, sorry, FFV Review, yeah. And uh, um, Hume were number one uh, over the last three years in purely just games won or points uh, collected and Pascoe Vale are number three. So it was important that I wanted to go to a club that had a really good youth product already that I could hopefully try and make better. So well, congratulations, Dino. Not yeah,
2: out man. of work. Our man, not out of work very long. We never thought he would. I, I thought it would be about three weeks, Dino, <laughs> only two weeks. <laughs> so he can still pay the mortgage. That's good. Yeah, that's good, yeah, they're they're well, good. Well, we
7: all need to do that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So Dino, um, FFA Cup quarterfinals this week—it's uh, getting sharp, and uh, and now we're we, we're starting to to sniff the uh, A League not far away, less than less than a month.
7: Well, it is—it's it's the exciting time and the pointy time. You know, we've from my experience, I've I've been through that process with Hume in 2015, where quarterfinals is, you know, it's one step away from most probably then picking up an A League club in the semi-final, which it was. Uh, Two years ago. uh, Two years ago. Yeah. So uh, but Heidelberg um, had a fabulous season, broke uh, the duck of winning a trophy with the Doherty Cup earlier in the season, Uh, got the grand final this week and they've got this quarter final. So, I mean, what a week it's uh, it's it's going to be for Heidelberg. I'm pleased for George and Jeff and everyone concerned, Steve, the president. Uh, they've done a tremendous job the thing is, and it keeps coming back to me and and, and I think any, anywhere you look now with successful organisations have got consistency with people being at the club for a number of years, whether it be players and coaches or both
2: What a se- You said it, what a season, Doherty Cup champions premiers played in the, in the NPL Victoria, now the grand final on Sunday at 6.30 at uh, Middle Park against Bentley, and then they've Bump up next Wednesday night at Olympic Village for the big game against Adelaide. It's really the two giant killers of uh, of the FFA Cup this year, Heidelberg and Adelaide. Adelaide, unexpected winners over Melbourne yeah, Victory. Yeah,
7: they were. Yeah, I mean, we never expected that. Yeah, and ever. Heidelberg,
2: unexpected winners over, over uh, Perth Herth Glory. Yeah. But, I mean, this is the time in the FFA Cup where the pendulum starts to swing back to A-League clubs. As much as I would absolutely die in my bid for uh, Heidelberg to beat uh, Adelaide. Well, I think you've it's got going a to be really very good tough.
7: point there. The the time when we played Victory, we were beating them 3-2 with a minute to go yeah. and Beshark Barisha scored two very late goals in injury time to win 4-3. Got smashed 2 weeks later 5-0 behind closed doors. Yeah. And then we went to the semi-final, which was all that part of the preparation. 1-0 yeah. down to a dodgy pen. We had a penalty claim and then it was only in the like 89th and 93rd minute where we just ran out of petrol. Yeah. I think Heidelberg are, are in a different position because the time that we got them in the semi-final, we'd had five weeks of no competitive football. We just we'd had yeah, another season. the last
2: opportunity for. I a, think for the boys a, you know, are
7: going to be cherry ripe yeah. for this, but, and, and the, I think they'll give it a real good crack Oh, so as do well. I.
2: So do. I. think it'll be a wonderful atmosphere. The Heidelberg fans will come from everywhere on Wednesday night at mm-hmm. Olympic Village. Want to sell be, it
7: out? It'd be brilliant. Yeah, we
2: brilliant. But um, you know, uh, the, the club that I think I feel for is, is going to be South Melbourne because I think. Uh, they they are red-hot favourites to beat Gold Coast, but then they have that long wake to the semi-final and can only play friendlies amongst themselves or, you know, and against And that's, who that's really, the difficult yeah. part,
7: yeah. So, look, that's, that, let's, you know, from a Melbourne point of view, let's get behind the, both uh, the... Uh, the Burgers and also South about, Melbourne. Uh, but Sydney and uh, Melbourne City, I think, is going to be interesting. Yeah, well,
1: we're going to talk to Alex Wilkinson in the yeah, second hour I mean, about Alex, this. is uh, going to be a big game. They're
7: very one. focused. I did pop to their pre-season and, mm. again, I did the same thing last year. But they're
1: playing at Leichhardt Oval, which they is the spiritual is, home yeah. of uh, of uh, Upia and, uh, and of course, uh, a, a, a seminal rugby league ground. It's just a great venue, Leichhardt it's a
7: Oval.
2: brilliant venue, yeah. I
1: think yeah. it's a good decision to play there.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
7: I, think, I think it's good as well for the Sydney people to, you know, having the game played... In you know in a, in a not a big stadium but a yeah, more boutique yeah. stadium yeah. And, and I think it's uh, it's refreshing and I think Melbourne City obviously with Fornaroli out mm. I think Sydney FC have got a real good chance of getting. Oh, this, I can't
2: pick a winner in this game. I think this time of the year it's, it is a bit of a toss of the coin. But mm. what a huge game for the for FA Cup, cup quarter finals. Um, um, obviously, only two this week to the final. Well, they're the main
7: two to focus on, obviously just to touch base for the week after. Then there's Blacktown uh, City against Western Sydney Wonders, which again I think will be a cracker.
2: And Dino, as a bigger game as Heidelberg and Adelaide is, that this one's a bigger one because it's two uh, two clubs from uh, mm. from Western Sydney and Blacktown and City. I mean, what a history they have. Uh,
7: and they're a good, they're right at the pointy end as mm. well this, this year as well. And then the last one, obviously, as you just touched on, was Gold Coast mm. and South Melbourne. So I think four really good mm. quarterfinals. One and, question uh, with
2: Notice, I know we've only got a few seconds. Dino Heidelberg, uh, if they go out against Adelaide, will have made the quarterfinals and beaten a A League team. South Melbourne, if they make the semi-finals, have haven't faced any A League uh, competition. Who's uh, who's performed better?
7: I think Heidelberg. Have to be fair. I yeah. mean, I think yeah. Heidelberg have been the the yardstick, and and again goes credit to the whole organisation for sticking fat with the playing group and also the coaches. And and if you do that and you stay fat. There's yeah. always a chance you might win something, and they've waited a long time to do it. We, exactly.
2: should, uh, throw, uh, we should throw Blacktown in there as well, we shouldn't we? Absolutely, Blacktown
7: yeah. have been really good, yeah. and as you we know, we've had a long history mm-hmm. with them and successful organisation as well.
1: Now, boys, before we go, uh, it's still cold in the southern part <laughs> it of the country. Is. Uh, people listening around Australia might be starting to get their shorts and T-shirts out, but uh, remember, the cold and flu season is not over yet, so see that you pick up healthy care vitamin C from Chemist Warehouse C how it might assist in reducing the severity and duration of symptoms of upper mild or should I say mild upper respiratory infections and help to maintain a healthy immune system. See how it's Australian made and see it's a great price. So if you want a natural vitamin that may help tackle the cold and flu season, pick up Healthy Care Vitamin C 500 milligram chewable tablets for just $19.99. Where from, Dean?
7: Only one place, Chemist Warehouse.
1: Exactly. Always read the label. Use only as directed. If symptoms persist, see your healthcare professional. Chemist Warehouse. Lowest prices are always guaranteed. So stick around because after the break. It is going to be a great chat with Alex Wilkinson, Sydney FC's Alex Wilkinson on Box to Box.
0: Now, this is Box to Box with Rob Gilberts and Michael Edgley. Oh, what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And
1: Storage King.
0: They're just around the corner. Absolutely fantastic!
1: Welcome back to Box to Box, second edition news shortly. Then we'll chat to Sydney FC's Alex Wilkinson, Dino with his preview of the International Week in Football and plenty of World Cup qualifiers around the world. And we'll wrap it up with Wuss hitting and Stoppage Time. Mark, uh, mate, what else have you got for us? Well, let's get to the
3: ticket prices first Mm. because uh, I think uh, in the first hour we spoke about, or you spoke, about Mm. them being overpriced. But they actually Mm. seem to be reasonably priced. The cheapest adult ticket you can Mm. find. Is 2250. Mm. It's probably behind the goal somewhere, mm. um, which means you're a long way away from the pitch mm. at this stage, because obviously the reconfiguration of that stadium at ANZ is not uh, mm. not happening anytime soon. Yeah, so. I was
1: more talking about the 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 A tickets at 80 bucks and the B tickets at 60 bucks, and yeah. we've got a stadium of 80,000 people that we need full. Right, so that, that, that's my concern is that, that $80, uh, you, you buy a couple of. It's those. better than
2: $245 to see uh, Juventus versus Melbourne victory at the MCG in the middle of the winter at the International yet, Championship. I take
3: your point, but we're trying to, again, we're trying to pack the place out. Yeah.
2: Well, I think uh, I think that's a reasonable price, and I reckon mm. uh, Sydney siders can afford that and get out and buy them.
1: Yeah. Help the FFA, go well, on. Well, I hope they at do. Cheapest but, price uh,
2: at 22 bucks. you can't go wrong. Yeah. And you got a bit, bit of extra spondula in your pocket. Uh, f- f- Fork it out. You know, uh, oh, all those, well, those, those housing, right, those housing prices in Sydney, you're going through the roof. They just extend the equity on the mortgage for a couple of days and and uh, fork out your ticket, get a good seat, sport I predict, soccer Michael,
3: I predict that the behind the goals will be packed and you might see a few empty seats on the wing.
2: Anyway, no, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting 70,000 plus crowd. Well, I,
1: I hope you're. So there right.
2: truckloads of Melbournians going up, probably including us, maybe not Mark, but. Mm. I'll go. You'll
1: go. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, soccer, someone who will
3: be there, of course, is uh, Sydney Cider and soccer is great. Brett Emerton, who fears the current Australian squad won't reach its potential unless more players apply in their trade in the top leagues. This is hardly breaking news, except it's as good to hear it from a, a guy who uh, played 250 games over in the Premier League. Australia boasts two Premier League starters, as we know, in Aaron Moy and Matt Ryan, while Matthew Leckie at Hotha Berlin uh, plays in the Bundesliga. Tom Rogic at Scottish Champions Celtic. Moy and Ryan are the only only three games, rather, into their Premier League journeys. And basically, um, he stayed in the bleeding obvious, Brett, but he's right. And it's good to have another voice coming out and saying it. Yeah. Absolutely. The Asian Football Confederation. Now, I'm not sure we, we touched on this earlier, but the Asian Football Confederation says it's investigating breaches of regulations on the final match day of World Cup qualifying in the region. An AFC statement suggests the probe relates to issues around political neutrality. The AFC wrote to its member associations reiterating that all stakeholders involved in Asian football must respect the principle of political neutrality. I like to say political. It's it's like there's government interference, but that's, that's not what they're talking about, obviously. Um, no certain country, player, team or official has so far been implicated in the inquiry, but that's... I've got that's to say,
2: I've, I've, I follow this stuff closely, but I have no idea what that means. Mm. I mean, that's just gobbledygook. And I've got out. to say, I,
3: I hit up a AFC contact yesterday to try and get an answer, and I'm not sure he understood the question, because he started talking about something else that happened in June. Um, anyway, meanwhile, <laughs> um, FIFA has ordered an African qualifier between South Africa and Senegal to be replayed. The Ghanaian referee, Joseph Lumte, was in charge of the game in November, for which, uh, which, which South Africa rather, sorry, won two goals to one. He was found guilty of unlawfully influencing the match results and was subsequently banned for life. The incident in question was a penalty incorrectly given for handball, which on replay clearly missed the hand of Senegal and Napoli defender Kaladu Korobali. FIFA decide- I think it came off his hip, didn't
2: it? <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, when I saw that uh, result <clears throat> at the time, I was shocked because South Africa have mm. a pretty horrendous record against the Black Stars, who are mm. one of Africa's shining lights. Oh, yeah. i never
1: forget um, backing... Uh, I think, uh, was it um, in France's uh, World Cup defence? Uh, they played Senegal in the opening match and Senegal beat France. What yep. was it, yes, 2002 yep. in uh, yep. South Korea? Opening game,
3: yep. yeah. No, it sure wasn't an opening game. Yeah. I'm uh, back anyway. France. <laughs> Sydney FC board member and technical director Hahn Berger has been appointed to the highest football position within the Dutch Football Association. Um, so this is interesting because he's going to stay on, apparently, at Sydney FC but also be working at the KNVB. I don't understand how that can possibly work, boys.
2: Well, Sydney FC's a, a, a global juggernaut these days. Of course it can work. I mean, he's obviously <laughs> Are learned, they based in, he's learned from based his time in, in Australia in LA, and he's going to take all his learnings back to your mob. Well, Holland. they need it, don't they? Right well, now. <laughs> awful. Actually, they've, they've got a lifeline <laughs> this week,
3: which Dino might touch on later. Uh, but, uh, geez, they're awful. They're, they're in trouble,
2: actually. They're, I mean, they, they, they could miss the playoff spot. Mm. Which means we'll be no uh, no Netherlands and in that's the after, final uh, stage going final Orania.
1: making the final and semi-finals for the past two World Cups and they don't even.
3: Well, didn't qualify for the Euros either. So. Yeah, of course. Although the women are European champions, so I yeah. might add. Anyway. Yeah, send the women. And speaking of women, the Matildas will play Brazil in front of a bumper crowd of about 17,000 people this month after their clash at Penrith was announced as a sellout. The crowds were the biggest enjoyed by the women's national team on home soil since the Sydney Olympics, although I'll tell you why that's not true. Um, world-beating performances by Alan Stages' side. Most recently, the Tournament of Nations have surged public interest in the Matildas. Can I point out, boys, they sold their game out midweek. The soccerers game didn't sell out till a couple of hours before the game this week. Mm. And, and, and and indeed, it wasn't actually really a sellout. Well, I'm going to quote uh,
1: my friend Ian Fowler, who is a regular listener to box to box The Matildas game on Saturday week at Penrith Park is a sellout for two reasons, I believe. One, a high-achieving team, and two... $20 general admission tickets for the entire ground you No categories, sit where you like And $40 for families Pricing is key these days And with the NRL charging too much for homebush club games Should be 30 bucks to sit where you want the, the Matildas have done well here People won't be gouged anymore Housing and electricity are too expensive
2: Well for someone who watches the women's game closely In, in particular Australia's national teams um, they are playing a fantastic brand of football, and anybody who goes is going to have the time of their life that uh, that yeah. night. To yeah, it will be fabulous. a great family, be really out this year. But I yeah. think adding that one on which is of, uh, great, uh, great the of great, people and,
3: and the, the good news
2: for, um, women's football.
3: The good news is too the 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 second leg or second game up in Newcastle's already sold eight or nine thousand tickets yeah, as well. Yeah. So, um, so no, they're definitely getting on the radar and. As much as I agree with what your mate said there, Rob, it's also just the fact that they've had such a great performance at the Tournament of Nations. Yeah, but that's it what is, that was
1: his first point, high-achieving
3: okay.
2: team. You'd pay, you'd pay 20 bucks to see Sam Kerr score a couple oh. of goals in oh, a back yeah. foot wouldn't you?
3: Yeah. No, absolutely. Land,
2: land one of those?
3: Now, and the thing is, too, um, the only thing we've got to keep in mind, speaking to Anne O'Dong this week from the womensgame.com and I questioned this at the time, and everyone poo-pooed me. I said... I know we're good. I know we're very good, and we're on the rise. But we beat Brazil six-one, and I said that sounds fishy to me. Um, And we obviously beat the US. The Brazil team was missing seven of their eleven starters, which will be coming this time. So it's going to be a much better gauge of where we're at. So um, if you're up in Newcastle,
2: but they've got to do it on on our home turf. That's right. If you're in
3: the Hunter, you're up in the Central Coast, or even Sydney, get out to uh, the game in Newcastle as well. Now this is. uh, Yeah, not surprising news, I guess. Former England skipper Wayne Rooney has been charged with drink driving and released on bail ahead of a court appearance later this month. A 31-year-old Everton striker was reportedly stopped by police near his home outside Manchester early on Friday. He's due to appear in court on September 18. And I haven't got it here in my notes, but I'm pretty sure I actually spent a bit of time in the clink too.
1: And he was in the car with a woman who was not his wife as well. Oh, that's it. Incredibly news. shocked by that. That was his secretary, Rob. Oh, of mm. course.
3: Yeah. I wonder what our early rate was. Melbourne Victory's North Terrace appears set for something of a rebirth in 27-18. The clubs say they've been very encouraged by a group of North Terrace members to reignite the group. This is great news, actually, for all of Australian football. Movement will be permitted within each bay, as opposed to last season, when North End members were restricted to their designated seat north, uh, which is weird because it's a standing area. Um, supporter materials, including oversized flags, club banners and TIFOs, will be permitted on mm-hmm. the basis, North this is, rep- repress- this is good news because Melbourne Victory, who probably, along with Western Sydney, are the well have the best active support in the country. Mm. It was a bit like a morgue last year, Amy Park. So that's good.
1: Mm, I don't think it was quite a morgue, but um, it, it wasn't the atmosphere that we're used to.
3: No, not at all, Michael. Good news.
2: Great news. Great news. Supporters all over Australia, whether it's clubs, socceroos, they just need to bury all the bad, uh, all the bad behaviour. Bury the. Bury the uh, the politics, bury the uh, the angst amongst each other. Just do what the Japanese do. Get on with it. Um, mm. Follow your mates. The only thing have I'd a say, time.
3: and it's, it, I'll, I'll segue into this the Australian home end or the so- Socceroo's active support has fallen apart again. Uh, Michael, you and I, obviously, with the Green and which uh, was once a sort of grassroots active support sort of thing, it's evolved into something different. But. Um, those guys have fallen apart again, and that's why if you're looking at the game the other night, Rob, why there mm. wasn't the atmosphere we'd like? Because there's a, there's a few factors to it. One, there is politics. Mm. Two, um, Australia is a big country. I don't know if you noticed, and this is the problem. Mm. In Japan, you can get from one end of the country to another in a couple of hours on a train. Yeah. And this is this is why we don't. And people kept, oh, why can't we have like club style support? Well, because your club plays every fortnight at home for 26 weeks a year. The Socceroos might play in Melbourne once this year. Or yeah, I once. mean... So it's really hard. But this is my message out there for people. This is why you need to keep it really simple. You know, K-O-A-S-S. Like, have a few chance. Look at the Japanese. they got one song, and they sang it for 90 minutes. And I know Dino's in the studio here, and it gave him the S-H-1-T's. But the point is, they do it. They've got one song, and everyone knows it. Everyone joins in. Very simple we not have so thing.
2: much that Mark It's um, I mean Japan plays all of its uh, Home matches in Saitama Or, or in Tokyo Or Osaka um, Two cities As you said They can, you can get with, Through the Shinkansan uh, Backwards and forwards Within a couple of hours yeah. um, In Australia I mean uh, Do we need to Um, Consolidate our home matches into Melbourne and Sydney I I think Well I mean there is These are the sort of discussions you need to have Um, But but that doesn't solve the problem That there is politics and Mm. disunity um, Among the supporter groups And they need to bury that They need to get on with
1: each other Yeah it's pretty lame The one thing that I was glad about on Tuesday night Was when one particular individual at the Yarra end tried to get up the Aussie Oi. He got no support. No. Nah, I thought he should have been kicked that out. That usually for gets life. Re-
3: met with a chant, which is not uh, allowed to use <laughs> on this, We usually chant back at those people. Um, anyway, that's fine. Now, former Arsenal captain Tony Adams, this is an interesting one, claims uh, he learnt nothing under Arsene Wenger as the Gunners' boss looks to turn around a poor start to the season. Arsenal, of course, were beaten 4 0 by Liverpool uh, before the international break last weekend, and they off sold Alex. Uh, Oxlade Chamberlain to the Reds as disconsent appears to be growing at the Would Emirates Stadium. But uh, the fact that Tony Adams was a busy skipper and he reckons he'd learn nothing of him.
1: There we go.
3: <laughs> Can't Tony be good for the it. old Arsene, Arsene I have got some more news about Arsene, maybe we'll talk about it in stoppage time.
2: I've got some uh, I've got a bit of breaking news here on Arsenal. Breaking news um, Ask Blog, who is the famous uh, blogger from uh, Dublin and, and, and Barcelona, who has an incredible following. He's coming mm-hmm. to Australia for an event called the Sports Writers Festival. So Arsenal mm-hmm. fans, we are to see him okay.
1: live in how Melbourne and Sydney. I'm
2: involved. No, I, I know you're involved. I said, how do
1: how you do get involved? involved?
2: <laughs> how do you get involved? You go to sportswritersfestival.com.au But um, what's really interesting, uh, he'll, 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 be, he'll be doing his Ask Cast live yeah. and uh, it'll be exciting. So, well,
1: as Paul Keating said, once about Australia, this is the us end of the world, so <laughs> what a great place to have it. <laughs> Jerry or Seinfeld said something Mangan similar. Says and got yes. Anyway, over <laughs> to you, Rob. Excellent. Okay, well done, boys. Uh, well, let's uh, change tack, eh? After the break, we're going to talk to Alex Wilkinson. Uh, what a mighty season the Sky Blues had last year, and they're prepping for another big one this year. They've got the FFA Cup semi final against Melbourne City quarterfinal. And
2: he's the PFA chairman.
1: Exactly, and, uh, and also their premiership defence. That's all next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you believe? The Chemist Warehouse.
0: Home of real brands and real savings. And
1: Storage King.
0: They're just around the corner. And this could be the most
1: crucial goal this of this all. This is Box and Box on NTS News Talk Sport on digital radio, streaming on the World Wide Web, and of course our podcast on box2boxnts.com.au, all thanks to our great mates at Chemist Warehouse and Storage King. Now sadly, we had arranged for Sydney FC's Alex Wilkinson to be on the show, but Alex is otherwise occupied right now, so we're just going to get on with it, and Dino, he's stuck around to have a yarn. Now briefly, Dino, we're going to talk about Sydney FC, but uh, given that the topic on everyone's lips and the conversation that everyone wants to hear about right now is the Socceroos, we're just going to... Continue that conversation as well, and uh, and we'll do that for the next uh, little while. So Sydney FC they play Melbourne City this week in the uh, the FFA Cup, big and FFA then, Cup, yeah. uh, you know in about four weeks they begin their premiership defence. You've been a, uh, uh, a a big advocate of them for some time now. You've tipped them correctly to win last year's premiership, and you think they're going to go back to back.
7: I do. Um, I think obviously Graham Arnold and his staff, and he's got really good staff. Um, they're, they're very well organised. Excuse me. Um, he's got an experienced manager. He's got the back end uh, of the board and the support of the board, which is obviously always important. But he's got a really, really good. Not player. always important. Well, yeah, yeah sometimes I've, I've been on the receiving end of uh, the back end kind of, of the board. Yes, I, I understand that. Uh, but he's got a really good playing group, um, and there's some really exciting new talent that's come into to the building. Um, and I think, and again. I look at their squad last year and I compare their squad this year and I feel that this squad this year is going to be better than last year's and that is pretty scary based on the results they got last year. Now we all know football has an uncanny knack of kicking you when you don't, (laughs) don't expect it but I've just got I think there's too much there and as long as they're motivated and they've got the stomach to go back to back, which I think they have having been to their pre-season camp for a, for a day um, they don't look any different they just look better. Um, hmm. Dino, so.
2: how will um, last year no Asian Champions League campaign this year a cha- Asian Champions League campaign that is a um, a big workload for a skinny squad to uh, it is. To, uh, to manage, isn't it? That's, it the, is. only, that's the only that's joker the only, in the pack. That's
7: the only yeah. thing that's different. Uh, but I guess the other thing is the biggest rivals in Melbourne Victory have got the same issues as well. Mm. So, you know, from a domestic point of view, they're most probably going to be in the same boat. Mm. They're both going to be tied in certain weeks when they go away and come back. So they dovetail two A-League games with a, a Champions League in the middle. Uh, it would be different if victory didn't have that but they do, so I think they're the biggest challenges, and then it's really who's going to chase them and, and, and close the and the, the squad gap.
1: is largely the same, a couple of departures
7: yeah, but, the the, but they've the brought same. some good quality in, you know, and uh, I mean, I know Wilco's not on the show, I mean he's obviously uh, tied up at the moment, but he was a revelation last year and he's a great defender, really good organiser he's the glue at the back and he's got some good support acts around there and uh, Broski's still in tip-top form so now I think it's, uh, it's going to be it's Still another successful year mm-hmm. for Sydney, and I think Victor will be the ones that will be pushing them.
2: And you think it will kick off in uh, on Wednesday night when they beat Melbourne City in the finally for FACAP? Cup?
7: I do. I think they will. I mean, we've, we've talked uh, about you know the Melbourne City, and there's obviously changes there with a the new manager as well and new talent coming in. But I just feel it. They'll just be just too strong, um, and and then they're really really focused again um, with you know they've they've talked with the with the games they've played they've been quite ruthless you know i think it was the diving one where it was about 8 yeah Bobo got four so now look i i think it'll be a good game on wednesday but i still think uh, sydney'll be on top
2: now let's get back to the Socceroos for a moment i've got a couple of specific questions for you Why don't i want to talk about the mindset of Brad Smith that may have contributed to the error that saw uh, Japan's opening goal in Saitama. Obviously, we can remember remember that, just like it was yesterday, the ball uh, floating in and then Brad Smith watching the ball and his direct opponent sneaking behind and volleying the ball past Matt Ryan. Can I ask you about the mindset? Because Brad Smith, you know, we know he's an athlete, and we know he has quality. You wouldn't be, he wouldn't have been at Liverpool and be on on the list of a Premier League club without having quality, and that's what Ange in seasoning. But I reckon Ange, um, um, picking up on what Gary Cole said, would have been drilling him about getting on his bike and getting forward yep. and hurting Japan on, on a turnover. Is it possible his mindset would have been, look, I know the ball's coming, but uh, one of the other defenders might pick up my man because if we turn the ball over here, I've got to be on my bike. Bike and get in front of my opponent, and therefore, just in that split second, he was thinking more about uh, the reaction post um, post that 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 set kick versus um, you know being conscious of his man.
7: Well, I've got two things about this. One, I've got if you remember the the goal itself, their winger cuts in and cuts in onto his right. Now, I think I think it was Simon who was commentating. Yep. I think it was either him or it was Harps who tuned in and said he's done the right thing showing him inside I actually disagree with that I I prefer that he's obviously right footed this guy because unless he's two footed but even if he's got a good left and a good right it's easier for a defender to clear the ball when the ball's going away from the goal because the trajectory of the ball is when you head it yeah. or clear it, it's going that direction. The ball coming in is going towards the goal. Very difficult to defend. Mm. Now that, that still doesn't excuse Brad Smith's standing there and ball watching. And again, sometimes when you find yourselves with three defenders instead of four, which is a traditional, you normally have, you, 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 you're picking up spaces, but you know where they're going to run. And sometimes that's all about timing as well. And if, defend defenders obviously have got to watch the ball where it's going to be delivered, but they've got to watch the man, which is not an easy task. I know that done it many times. And I think if, uh, if Brad Smith's going to learn anything from this, it was his body shape uh, that he didn't really have the ability to see both. And we've all got peripheral vision, even though you can see movement, you don't need to know you can, but if you're close to him and you're touching him, he's not going anywhere but he wasn't he was away from him and for me i think his biggest brad smith's issue is he's played more international games than domestic he's not battle hardened at the top end and as irrespective of having liverpool and bournemouth and full-time uh training games are what it's all about at, and, at any level at any
1: level and Dino Wall. while uh Edge was jet setting uh, last week, and you and I held the fort. Uh, you made some uh, pretty accurate predictions about the side that was going to take to the field on Tuesday night, and Alex Gersback was one yeah, of those predictions. Yeah, we proved Alex
7: in, and I think that was the issue. I mean, we had it was a bit of a guessing game because yeah. you never know with Ange, but he was always going to make changes. And I, you know, I'm pleased to say, um, I mean, obviously the result wasn't the score we wanted, but we predicted nine. Uh, Mm. The changes that, well, sorry, the nine players I missed Mm. out on two. Uh, I didn't. I thought Jackson would start but he didn't mm. and I thought uh, Sprenovic would start and he didn't but the others we got right so I most probably m- missed on um, you know well Timmy Timmy coming in as well mm. so yeah.
2: we Dino uh, as we saw on Tuesday night defending sometimes is about having numbers in- between uh, the ball and the goal and we saw Thailand do that uh, pretty well mm. a, a, a number of and times Japan it. And and Japan Thailand. It. Yeah.
1: Thailand were 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 really good value I yeah. mean they 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 must have uh, read some of the headlines and said what's this about four? 5 no, no, not uh, on well, our I watch. Well, I mean, they wouldn't have made that phase of qualification without being
2: able but, to but play. But if you
7: think about just, the, you, you were there, you yeah. were there live. How many real good opportunities do we have in front of goal where there wasn't defenders there behind the ball? Japan were always behind That's the ball. That's right, they were.
2: And that leads to me my next question. So the second goal that we conceded against Japan was... It starts
7: you know, with a pass back. Yeah,
2: and, and Massimo Longo then, then coughing the ball up and then Jackson Irvine tracking a player who... who to be honest, scores an absolutely world-class goal. But had there been more defenders in his way, they could have rallied. And Jackson, I mean, did, did well at bustling. But at the end of the day, we just didn't have the numbers. We
7: didn't. And the other thing, and just quickly, really to finish, because I know we're on a tight leash here, is basically four missed tackles in that whole phase of play. And, you know, one tackle and it doesn't happen. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll analyse. We'll try and get Alex Wilkinson on again real soon because uh, we um, we do want to talk to somebody from Sydney FC with their big season coming up. But Dino, you're going to stick around because we're going to get into more World Cup um, and that's all going to be uh, coming up very soon. Uh, we're going to talk about that uh, after the break Lovely. on Box to Box. Box to Box.
0: Can you believe it? The Chemist Warehouse. Home of real brands and real savings. And storage gear. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of all
1: Welcome back to Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sports, streaming on the World Wide Web and, of course, our podcast on box box, We've been focusing on Australia a lot in this show. Well, we always do, but there have been uh, plenty of World Cup qualifiers around the world, Dino.
7: There has. um...
1: Just, listeners, please bear with us, because Wales are back in contention, (laughs) and uh,
7: he's going to
2: bang on about it right now.
7: Yes, we will bang on a little bit about it. Um, Obviously, there's the... There's the 48 teams uh, that are in Europe in contention. Well, I wouldn't say they're all in contention. There's a few that's certainly uh, in got no chance of qualifying for the World Cup. But mm. 11 of the 48, uh, you might be interested to know, won both games over this little window of uh, World Cup qualifiers. And I'll just touch on them uh, from Group uh, B, Switzerland and Portugal. Both secured the six points, uh, mm-hmm. which leaves Switzerland on 24 and Portugal on 21 they're really fighting it out with two games to go uh, because Hungary are in third spot with 10 points that they've gone. Also, Germany in Group C and Northern Ireland, um, that's pretty well done as well. Germany on 24 points, Northern Ireland look like with 19 points they'll get the playoff place, just on the playoff place, just so we all know. Mm. Out of those groups, there is only there will, will be one runner-up or miss out. Mm-hmm. So if you so do,
1: there's nine groups and yes, only eight of the runner-ups. There's eight up. groups. Not, yeah, nine groups, nine and, groups and eight. And eight, and, and 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 eight sorry, yeah.
7: yeah, and eight actually come mm. and, and actually qualify for that. So the the, the one who finished runners up with the worst mm. result mm. and and that's where there's a lot obviously a lot of edgy, uh, com- complicated uh, mm. terms with the two games mm. still to play. Uh Group D, Serbia and Wales, um had the two wins. Uh, Serbia look almost like they've got it sewn up. Wales have come from nowhere to leapfrog Republic of Ireland, which is interesting. Their last game is in uh, in, Whale, in Wales against the Republic of Ireland, so that mm-hmm. game will become really significant, depending on what happens in the game before that. In Group E, uh, Montenegro and Denmark have closed the gap on Poland, who lead the group on 19 points. where They're both on mm-hmm. 16, so that's going to go really, really tight. And... Uh, um, unbelievably, the goal difference for Montenegro and Denmark is absolutely identical. 18-7 with an 11-plus. So uh, we're very interested to see how that goes. England have uh, more or less sealed their fate unless something really comes uh, off the rails. Uh, what about the
2: Scots? Are, they're back in the hand. The
7: Scots are back. And uh, they've they've clawed their way right, right back in there. There's the Slovakia, the Slovenia and the Scotland that trail England on 20 points it's 15 points to Slovakia Slovenia and Scotland on 14 so the Scots are back in and in fact uh, our little friend George Campbell uh, the wee man as we call him <laughs> said it's the first time he supported England and then when he went on social media a lot of the Scottish people said no George you've done this before <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, we've got Spain now let me tell you Spain were. Outstanding against Italy, uh, the boy Isco. Uh, goal was goal difference 29. Unbelievable. Isco was quality. Two mm. great goals. Unbelievable nutmeg, mm. and uh, scored again in the away leg. And um, and Italy, I think it's pretty well done that they'll be in a, a in a playoff spot. But again, mm. it's only three points. That funny things can happen in football. Can't have a
1: World Cup without Italy,
7: without doubt. And uh, the first qualifiers mm. of Europe are Belgium, on 22 points and. There on runners-up. This is the group that we're hoping that's going to be the one that might be the one that fall out with Bosnia from a Welsh point of view. This is, of course, not from a Bosnian, Greek, or Cypriot uh, point of view, but it's uh, quite tight with 14, 13, and 10 points. And most probably the best group for me is Group I. and mm. um, This is really, really tight with Croatia yeah. on 16, Iceland on 16, Turkey on 14, and Ukraine on 14. So there's a lot of football to play there. Mm, a group of and death and I don't know if you saw the game where uh, the game got abandoned because of the rain, Croatia. Mm. Um, and I think Bessart was in playing in that.
2: I'm not sure about Possibly. that. Okay. He's
7: definitely Berisha up front, but I couldn't... Would have, see, yeah, would have been him. would have been him.
2: Interestingly enough for Socceroos fans, uh, a little uh, bit of solace in, in terms of our playoff uh, future, because... The Confederation champions, uh, the only ones to, uh, the only ones that uh, obviously look like qualifying, uh, Germany, uh, the remaining uh, World Cup champions, obviously. But what about um, uh, Cameroon? They're out. They can't qualify. Forget about mm. it. In Africa, so the, the reigning African champions not going to Russia, and uh, Chile, Australia, Portugal, USA, New Zealand, all the Confederation cups, uh, all facing playoffs, and mm. Chile. Believe it or not, uh, fans out there, Chile is in uh, in a position in sixth spot on the Cotton Bowl ladder. Uh, and, and bear in mind that uh, the top four directly qualify and the fifth spot goes to a playoff against, New, eventually, New, New Zealand, Zealand, Zealand the which is currently routes. held by Argentina. Chile could miss out altogether, which would be a shock. So the, in the box seat, looks like Brazil well, they have qualified. Then uh, Uruguay is only a, a one win away from qualifying. Colombia and Peru in fourth spot can they hang on that'll be interesting to see as Conball comes to a crashing a crashing, uh, a crashing um, crescendo and, and what about um Obviously, in Africa, there is so much to talk about in Africa, but it is really, really tight after four games in all of their groups. In particular, the one that I'm, uh, I'm a little bit shocked about is Ghana. They have a lot of work to do. They're in third place in their group behind Uganda and Egypt. They won't catch Egypt, who are topping their group with nine points. They may catch Uganda, but um,
1: Ghana looks like missing out on going to the World Cup. All right, well, that's a pretty good wrap of the World Cup qualifiers, but we've got the... Uh the football uh, league style. Starts well, we again are. We're back as and... well. Yeah,
7: it's it's been uh, that little uh, little bit of a break for all the... Well, not so much for the international players, but uh, it's an interesting weekend. Uh, there's a few highlighted games that I've looked at in the Premier League. Um, I think we'll start off most probably on Saturday. Um, certainly. Saturday night. Well, this is
1: the SBS one. So for those of our listeners who don't have Optus, the um the City, Manchester City
2: Manchester Liverpool City Liverpool, Liverpool fourth
7: v second. Yes. So this will be a cracker. Absolutely
1: must
2: watch this
7: one. I think this will be a really good game, and it's most probably a really important game where it uh, keeps both of them. Well, obviously oh. Liverpool on seven points, as is Man City, with leaders Manchester United on nine points. So they want to obviously make sure they're uh, with Manchester United in really tip top form at the moment. Um. Be important that they stay with it. Um, Manchester United have got a tricky one against Stoke away. It's never easy to go to Stoke, but the good news is it's not a Tuesday night at Stoke mm. in the freezing cold, it's just uh, sometime in the afternoon. So, uh, the other game that's of interest to me, and I don't know if we've uh, ever gone to these stakes to preview a game where it's a big relegation battle between <laughs> Arsenal and uh, Bournemouth. I mean, you're being Arsenal. facetious, mate. Oh, I am a, I a bit. Well, the 16th, and and, and the, what they say, I was always told the the table doesn't lie. Um, Seriously, can we ask the question if uh, if Arsenal get done?
2: Get done? I mean,
7: oh.
2: he, he would be sacked the following week. That's uh, it. That's no, whatever,
7: I, isn't it? I don't know if he they
2: sacked by.
7: I don't know. Look, I mean, incredible 21 year stint. Yeah. I mean. We did the research, remember with all the coaches, and I think the next one down was eight years. <laughs> all right, well, if he's not going to get
1: sacked if they get beaten by Bournemouth at home, yeah, uh, how many weeks would it be um, performing?
7: well, at I think I think if they started to drop one-er. if they were to drop. And this is the problem. You've got Bournemouth, Crystal Palace and West Ham haven't got any points at the moment. Mm. But if they were to drop into the relegation zone for a week or two, they'd have to then look that this is now getting to a point. Well, he's closer
2: so, to the end than he is the beginning. Well, so, is, it, it, it's, yeah.
7: But again, it's yeah. like anything, you know, they win, they go to six points, they're back in halfway and then another six points, they're in the top four. Imagine so,
2: if Andrew Mangan from Arsblogs in Australia, when all that goes down, that'll be good.
7: Well, it would. <laughs> and the other game I like, quite like is uh, both Southampton and uh, Watford have, have got off to reasonably good starts, and uh, they're most probably. Both of them fighting out, which is 7 3 eighth, with an opportunity if the teams above them maybe drop something can get in the top five. So I think that's most probably the highlight. And where does our,
2: uh, our Superman, Aaron Moyes, Huddersfield Town, where do they go?
7: Well, they go on the Monday night and they're playing at West Ham. And
2: um, it's another gettable
1: victory.
7: It uh, is. Fixture for I think them. it's yeah. something that they can go there with a, especially with the start that they've had. And you well, know, and you again, I thought
1: under uh, the pump, Slaven uh, uh, Sloven will uh, for this world. Yeah. At Lose that
7: one. They're another club. Well, they're though, rock we, bottom. Yeah, you know, but, rock bottom with eight goals conceded as well. Minus eight goal difference. No mm-hmm. wins. The, the,
1: the owners of West
2: Ham normally stick with their coaches. They don't normally panic. They uh, do, but this one—he's—he's—he's had he's, he's an extended period of. Uh, well, it's the crap Gold form. family, isn't it? I it mean, we've—we've yeah. we've, uh, we've been Talks involved with that, them when we yeah.
7: were at Birmingham, and they were stuck pretty fat with most of their coaches. Steve so, Bruce in particular. Steve yeah. Bruce in particular, who we love, Brucey. Um, but look, it's—it's it's an interesting. I mean, there's a lot. This weekend is going to be really significant for a lot of teams, and obviously we've got our uh, one of our favourite leagues is the Championship, which. I don't know if Jackson will return and play on Friday. I think it might be a bridge too soon, but he, we're playing my boys Derby.
1: Um, well, why wouldn't they will at their, their new signing? I mean, he's only, he played on Tuesday night. He would have left overnight.
7: Yeah, could have. I mean, don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting. It Could be his debut mm-hmm. at Derby, which would be interesting, and that's you know not far very far from where he just come from in Burton, because yeah. Burton and Derby are next door to each other. Um, Cardiff are flying. Um, who are top with Ipswich? Uh, I've highlighted a couple of games, um, and it's really more more so from a relegation point of view. It's the Brentfords of the world that go to Villa. It's mm. Bolton against Middlesbrough, and Middlesbrough have had a reasonably good start, just outside the top uh, the top six. And most probably the game of the round is Sheffield Wednesday against um, Nottingham Forest. So, um, But the championship, as we all know, it, uh, it has many turns and many mm. twists. So I think we won't really have a good guide on how everything's panning out until around round 10. I think we need round 10 to come around and then we'll have a, a better gauge on where all our predictions are. Mm, well, but well, for the Premier League well, and you put Well, you just get them
1: out of your safe. Um, roll the tumblers on that one and... Uh, and we'll out our predictions about midway through the season and see who was uh, who was the most accurate, Dino.
7: Now, obviously, uh, we look all like Edge's uh, uh, gossip column. Anything that's uh, tickling your fancy, there, Edge? No, no, no.
2: The one off the top that you've got in your notes, Dino?
7: Um, what the eighteen-year-old yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. uh him, uh, Mbappé. Uh, Mbappé. He, Mbappé. Um, from... Not
2: many eighteen-year-olds can uh, pick and choose between the best clubs in the world, can they?
7: Well, no, and but he's <laughs> he's saying uh, that he had a conversation. Uh, in the transfer window, that potentially joining Arsenal was a real option uh, after he met Arsene Wenger. And I think if you look at that, Arsene Wenger obviously does have an appeal uh, because it's been a consistent journey for him. But again, I think uh, the money at PSG and uh, I think he's made the right move on the basis of the current standing at the moment with obviously what's happening at Arsenal. Um, I'm intrigued with the next one, which is, Man City are going to make an offer of 20 million for Arsenal's Chile forward uh, Alexis Sanchez uh, in January. I mean, who his former coach called fat. Well, he might be fat, but the boy's quality. His wallet's Uh, fat. Oh, he's definitely. (laughs) uh, But 20 million. I mean, where do we where do we go with 20 million? He's got to be worth more than that.
1: He would be worth more than that. I don't think Arsenal would agree to that. All right, boys. Well done, Dino. Yeah, now stick around. You. Must listening radio after the break because it's been a little while, but Gus Hiddink is back and we are going to ask him all the hard questions as we always do. Will Gus come back and save Australia's World Cup campaign? Stick around. You'll find out next on Box to Box. Box to Box. Can you
0: believe it? The
1: Chemist Warehouse.
0: Home of real brands and real savings. And storage gear. They're just around the corner. And this could be the most crucial goal of
1: This is Box to Box on NTS News Talk Sport and the fourth official signals. There are eight minutes left in stoppage time. Our good mate Gus Hiddink is standing by and he's ready to go with some strong opinions on whether he's available. Thank you, Gus. But before we get into that, Storage King are our great mates. And if you need more room for your growing business, if you need to declutter, if your digital business is really booming, you need to get along to Storage King. Call 1-800-STORAGE-KING or go to storageking.com.au to find your nearest location because these are the days where you don't need to pay high rents in the high street to have a, a shop front. You can store your stock at Storage King, make sure it's secure Get great service from the staff down at Storage King and you can just get it when you need it. You can send the couriers along when you're you know, dealing with Amazon or eBay or Gumtree or whoever it is that you're selling on. Get along to Storage King. That's storageking.com.au or 1-800-STORAGE. Storage King. The kings of storage, moving and more. Now, Edge, um, you've been waxing lyrical about the behaviour of the Japanese fans and a little disappointed with some of the travelling Australian fans uh, Uh, since you've returned from Japan?
2: I just wanted to make two observations. The first observation is within the Australian uh, fan group, I think there was just under 3,000 Australians in the corner. You would have all seen uh, the yellow uh, block of fans. Um, For the Australian football, I mean, there was probably about uh, between 1,000 and 1,500 travelling Australian football fans, and I think there would have been about 1,500 what I would call expats. For the Australian football fans... Um, get on the back of the expats in the in the football in that in that sort of corner, which I found a little bit uh, unnerving and unnecessary um, if you 're an expat living in Tokyo and, and the Socceroos come, of course, you would see that as a great opportunity to uh, uh, explore your heritage and go. You might not be a uh, a full on football fan, so you might not be au fait with uh, the culture and the, the, the goings-on. Mm. But for other Australian football fans to get on their back, I think he's inappropriate and not nice. Why would they do nice. that? What's the point? Well, it's, it's a bit of a weird one. I just don't understand it. And I think those people who do that need to have a hard look at themselves. And secondly, um, when we left the stadium, because I was a bit uh, disappointed, and obviously um, I heard the Mike Cockrell news from you, Rob, actually yeah. just at the start of the game. And I was with uh, Francis Leach and Harvey Silver, who were both great mates of Mike Cockrell. And we took a moment after the game. We sort of st- stayed pretty much right to the end and we observed this Um, the rest of the stadium other than the Australian section uh, the cleaners didn't need to go into I mean it was spotlessly clean so the Japanese people drink their beers eat their food take their rubbish away well the Australian section looked like you'd backed up the rubbish truck I mean, it's just an observation about culture. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just an observation. That's all it is. Um, yeah, and they're entitled to think we're a bunch of pigs. Yeah. I mean, like those that. things disappoint me, and uh, it's a bit of a sh- it's a bit of a shock. And, and some people said to me, you know, like they some of the local expats were like, "Wow, I didn't know the football fans were
1: like this." Now, Michael, okay. we've been uh, talking about Luck- our good mate Huss uh, all program and uh, and is I'm for one uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, of a ready? mind to think that if he um if, he, if he's available that which you should seriously consider him now. Mark has uh has got on the hotline. He's got horse on the line and horse. Welcome back to the studio. Yeah,
8: hello boys. How are you? I have the storage king uh, in Belmain. I still have some uh, things
1: Excellent. in Australia. That's wonderful because which we know you've always. It's a, a good segue, maybe
8: good segue for your question. Well, would horse, I come back? Would you come back?
1: That's the question. Yeah. Well, you've got the gear in
2: storage. You can, just to, yeah, in you can Maine, move into the flat. It's in Belmain. Hmm. Yeah.
8: And that's where, of course, Sydney FC is going to play the game. Or near there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, okay. I'll well, come
1: back. Well, first, what, up, what, what, price, what, what price for you? Well, before we talk about price, can you tell us your opinion on Ange's system? No, no, no. no nay, 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 nay. We talk price first. No, no, no. <laughs> Ange's system. Uh, <laughs> <is it, laughs> Ange's is, system. Is, is, is it... Uh, capable of working and and what would you do if you stepped in
8: yeah well if you remember I played a back three with the Socceroos as well but I had good players (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Ange has got good players and uh, unfortunately for Ange the biggest problem he's got he can only pick same problem that you said could only pick Australian players which was very prohibitive for me (laughs) yeah that is a problem but uh, I think maybe Ange needs to understand that uh, the clubs like Brisbane and the Melbourne and even the South Melbourne, maybe not Western suburbs so much, but uh, you can pick the players mm. you like, yeah, mm-hmm. from everywhere. But unfortunately, he has to understand, he only has Australian players, mm-hmm. yeah, so maybe it, maybe, you have, so you... No, maybe <laughs> you have a system, no, you're just talking, maybe you have a system that suits your players, not a, a system that does not suit your players.
1: Right, so You understand? That, yeah, I think yeah. I understand uh, So what system does suit the play, our players?
8: Yeah, this is going to cost you money to understand I, I can't give away your straight secrets How are you going, Mike?
2: I'm well, you was, were just
8: in Japan? I used to live in South Korea? Yeah, yeah? hey,
2: Huss, I ping Did you
8: use one of the 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 machines for the underpants over there? No,
2: I took no? my underpants okay.
8: from Australia, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I wasn't talking about yours, I don't <laughs> want yours, that's fine Anyway, yes
2: well, yeah. when Vivek was coaching, I think he yeah. had um, his World yeah, Cup campaign. He had a great
8: haircut to e- Yes, he, he, he did have very good. Uh, not so good in the wind. Didn't look ridiculous at all.
2: But Huss, do you remember in the 2010 campaign he had, yeah. in his World Cup uh, campaign, he had nine wins, three mm. draws and two losses. And a lot of people have been comparing Ange Postacoglu's record to Pim Verbeek's. Do you remember, Hus, how many <laughs> I Australians... Think, I think,
8: Michael, you may be declaring interest in you pushing an agenda, a, a you say?
1: A, a hyundai? No, agenda. 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 Oh, sorry, I didn't understand. Yeah. As, a, as former manager of Hus, yes. Yeah. Um, perhaps he is. Yeah, I, I think can so. Say
8: that. But it is hard. i would be serious for a moment. It is hard to argue that the Pim, who's a Dutchman like me... Uh, got the team there with what was it four games two two games to go and then uh the german man got them with Holger one the guy Rossik, yes. uh, we don't talk about him and uh <laughs> don't mention the war and
2: how you can see race he <laughs>
8: came they you know they came <laughs> anyway <laughs> i'm just remembering a story that mark told me about his auntie but that's fine we'll talk about that some other time uh i'm good friends with mark how is mark mark is yeah he's, he's, no,
1: no, he's doing well he's um you know he's uh We've uh, been very yeah. busy lately um, He's we, missed we, we, the show we, a we've lot We've missed maybe. him on the show <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I've been missing him I
8: don't, I, When he's not on the show I don't listen
2: And, and <laughs> Huss Do you talk to Mark About uh, the the amount of times He's missed this program For reasons that are A little bit dubious
8: Nah well He's had I believe the influenza virus Like every second person In Australia I seem to know a lot About Australia yeah
1: You do but, but you, don't live here no, anymore. you're, no, you're a I know re- my storage you're, you're a renaissance man mate. So, um, Renaissance we say God help, yeah.
2: Huss, God help Mark if he gets influenza Because he, he'll the go world. down for six weeks Okay.
1: Yeah. Now Hus The final question is yeah. uh, If you come back to Australia If we can get the money right We haven't Yeah, uh, okay, I was about to say We haven't spoken
8: about the yeah. price now we'll, 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 I, we'll I pay hear the that price. Uh, the Lois Is going to be thrown out
1: Yeah but not before they pay you We'll,
8: yeah, we'll get okay. that sorted Because I like their yacht. And,
1: nice. Yeah, and you right. like their you like their uh, their zeros yeah. on their bank account as well, don't you, Hus? Uh What what uh, is your prediction, when Hus, uh, if you take over uh, for the if the, I take yeah, over the next couple of Again, months? Again, you have not talked to Price, but anyway, yeah. I've told you we'll pay you. what We need you to
8: pay. Yeah, Hus. but I hear there's not any money anymore. We've got the <laughs>
1: money. So what would you do? Uh, first of all, Syria, and then perhaps Honduras. Uh, have thing, you been to Syria, Hus?
8: Uh, no, I've not been to Syria.
2: Will no. you go to Syria?
8: If I'm the coach, the manager, the trainer, as we would say in Holland? Uh, yeah, of course.
2: Uh, you know Actually, uh, no, 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 not no, Syria. That's awesome. no,
8: I would coach against them. I'm not going to go to Syria. I'm not stupid.
2: But it looks like the uh, Syrian match against Australia, the, the first league, is going to be against... Mal- he played in Malacca. Uh, sorry, what? It's going to be played in Malacca.
8: Why? You use Greek swear words at like me? <laughs> Yeah, just because you're back for a team that is allegedly Greek. Anyway, Bulgarian, something it's like Australian
1: this. Australian team of Greek heritage. Ah, yeah. Okay. All right, Hus. Well, I think we've, fine, we've, fine we've really thing, gotten so. to the bottom of uh, of Hus's intentions. Yeah. Um, Unlike it, you. It's been a... has been a, your team? Uh,
8: My team... My team... If, sorry, Rob. We're talking over here. Okay. Are you trying to wrap up? Oh, I, yeah, I shut oh, up. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 exactly. Yeah. Come on. Spit it out. Okay, thank you, Jus. You, you look you've been precise and analytical as always and uh getting us right to the heart of the matter, which is dollars as far as you're concerned. But yeah. Hush, if we get you back uh, we'll welcome you back with If you take hugs.
8: me to Russia next year, maybe yeah. Imagine okay. what if we can get to Russia and I can coach. You know what I can get over there.
1: You know all the good coffee shops in St. Peter's. Hang on, hang on. What can you get over there? Dead little doll
8: that's got a little other... And you open the door and there's another doll inside. <laughs> yeah, it. and you open it, and there's another doll. Oh,
1: I love it. <laughs> that's full time on Box to Box. Join us next week when we go in from one end of the pitcher. <laughs> Even the pitch. To the other. Go on. Spit it going.
8: out, Rob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> See ya.